Welcome to the Cannabis Marketing Live podcast, where we cover the latest marketing strategies and trends that are most effective in growing your cannabis dispensary, delivery service, and brand. This podcast is sponsored by MediaGel. MediaGel is the leading cannabis marketing platform helping cannabis brands reach consumers through mainstream media channels. I am your host, Guillermo Bravo, and today we're discussing how to be a marketer with an investor mindset. I'm super excited to introduce Mike Bibby. Mike is the former VP of marketing at Ethos Cannabis, bringing 15 plus years of digital marketing and demand generation experience to today's podcast. Welcome to the podcast, Mike. Nice to have you back. Hey, nice to be here, Guillermo. I always like yeah. your, your podcast. I'm happy to be part of it. We love having you on. Yeah. Love having you on. Well, uh, let's dive into it. You know, marketing budgets are one of the first items to be chopped during uncertain economic times, right? In 2020, I remember you know, cannabis retailers pulling marketing budgets completely off the table, while others are you know, double down. You are one of the companies that double down. Uh, you know, many that pulled out, you know, they didn't read the wars. So you know, during a recession or downturn, you'll likely be getting pressure from the CEO, from the CFO to cut costs. If you can't come to the table with a data-driven plan for which marketing investments are driving the most traffic, and more importantly, revenue, you'll find yourself dealing with some serious budgets, budget cuts. Instead of considering marketing as a financial line item, why don't more companies view marketing strategies as investments? We all know the value of marketing initiatives, so why do you think they're the first line item to be cut, Mike? That's a, that's a big question. Um, <laughs> you know, I think, I think a lot of it is... Um, you know, some misunderstanding and, and primarily a lot of miscommunication about how, how marketing works and how it works as an investment, as, as part of a budget and so forth. And, um, you know, everybody's got an opinion about marketing. You know, this is good marketing. This is not, you know, why, why aren't we doing this? Why aren't we doing that? And uh, being able to, to, to um, the, the challenge is to make sure that you're on the same page as the financial people, the CFO, the CEO, uh, really understanding what they're trying to achieve and and how to how to use marketing to support that. Uh, you know they've got they've got tough jobs, right? They're trying to balance you know top line revenue and and, and bottom line profitability and all the different um, expenses that that come in between and um, you know, being able to align and support that and, and and make sure they understand what the investments are. What are the what are the uh, the, the marketing tactics and strategies that you're doing? You know uh, you know talking about um, you know. Uh, what used to be called above the line and below the line advertising now is, is often classified as brand versus performance. And, um, you know, people think about those differently. Some people think one is good and, and the other is bad. And, and I think as, as a marketer, you have to understand that they, they both have their place. But um, in terms of the way you can communicate and support those from a financial perspective is quite different. And it's, it's a matter of making sure that that there's a common understanding between the marketing team and the, the financial team, and that you can talk about those um, those those challenges and the kind of the risk profile, and, and make sure you're on the same page. Um, there are different situations where, uh, as you said, you you may want to you know pull back and be conservative. Um, there's other situations where uh, someone would view that as an opportunity to look at if everybody's pulling back, that's an opportunity for us to lean in and grab market share. And if you've got the the same understanding, you understand where your financial people are at from that perspective, you can really get on the same page and, and, and build a program that's, uh, that you understand where 
if we need to make cuts, where they will happen and what the kind of the, the factors will be. And it can talk through that with, with the, the financial team. So, you know, it just, there's, I've, I've seen so many situations in my past where there is an alignment there. The financial team doesn't understand what the marketing team is trying to do. The marketing team isn't paying attention to the, the ratios and the numbers that the financial team is trying to, to, to get to. And, and, that, and that disconnect, you know, makes it kind of, uh, 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 it could be contentious at times and, and it, it could set you up for, you know, having to slash budgets in ways that you don't think make sense for the marketing department. So it's a challenge, something that the people need to learn to work through and understand how different people see parts of that business and, uh, and get on the same page. Yeah, you know, the, the CFO doesn't understand the, the marketing concepts, right? So on the economic downturn, there's less people that are advertising. There's less people that are bidding on keywords or less people investing on digital advertising. So uh, on our side, you know, the, the opportunity is there. If you do have the, you know, if it is a priority to really double down in that time frame, then your cost per click is going to be lower. Uh, your return on ad spend is going to be higher. Performance is going to be better just because of lack of competition alone. So, I mean, as a marketer, it's just wide open there for <laughs> to get as much market share as possible. Absolutely, and you have to you have to understand those opportunities and those factors. I mean, you yeah. talk about 2020 was a challenging year. Oh yeah, all kinds of different um, aspects, right? There was there was economy stuff. Um, you know, the cannabis was still growing quickly and, and trying to, 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 to ride that horse and, and continue that growth. Um, you know, there were, there were huge opportunities you talk about with, with the market availability that just didn't make sense. Um, you know, the, if you talk about advertising opportunities, there were so many outdoor opportunities, you know, local advertising, event opportunities that were baked into to people's budgets that we thought were good stuff. And, you know, when you took a hard look at that and realized people were staying home, people were not out all of a sudden, outdoor advertising didn't make sense anymore. The event opportunities weren't there. So, so those are obviously things that it's, it's easy to agree, okay, we need to, we need to cut those. We need to, to slash the spend in, in those areas. But then the challenge and opportunity for the market is say, okay, where do we redirect those funds? How can we drive those into revenue and really capture the audience that's, that's there? And in 2020, it was people shopping from home. They were staying at home. They were shopping computers, they were shopping on their phones. So, so we chose at the time to, to really double down and lay into digital. And really, as you said, we read the rewards. We really grew our business quickly by kind of yeah. taking that approach. Um, so, you know, 2022 is a different different animal. 2021 was different. 22 is different um, from from both the, the market economic standpoint as well as just the, the cannabis business in general has, has changed quite a bit. It's so much more competitive now than it was even even two and three years ago. So, um, you really have to stay in tune with, with what's happening now. Learn from learn from the past. You know, bring learning some other categories outside of cannabis helps a lot. Um, but, uh, you know, when you just be able to identify those, if people are pulling back, are they pulling back for the right reasons? Or is that really creating an opportunity that, that you can leverage and lean into? And do you have the support from your, your, uh, you know, executive leadership to, to really take those risks and, and, um, you know, maybe sacrifice a little bit of margin in the short term to really build that, uh, that, that base and, and solid brand going forward? Yeah, and also being aware that you know 2020 and 2021 weren't uh, you can't really use those years as benchmarks. Like they were inflated by all these other you know all these other reasons, and it's hard to use that as a, a you know as, as a comparison point for your growth. You know, I'm seeing it a lot for this. You know, this year people are struggling. There's a, you know some people are struggling. There's a, you know reduction in disposable income. There's all these other factors, inflation. And that has definitely hit the bottom line uh, and reduced the average order or average ticket for, you know, across the board from what I've seen. So 
Absolutely. Yeah, just, it's kind of a, a flattening of top line revenue, you know, across the country. Um, yeah. or, you know, it was, uh, it, it, it looks flat because it was too high in 21. You know, there was yeah. most money in the market and so forth. So, so it ramped up too quickly and it's kind of plateaued. So you get kind of this, this challenge of plateauing top line, but then lots of new business coming to play. A lot, a lot of more plants in the ground. You know, the supply yeah. is, is, is higher than it's ever been. So, so now you've got price compression and that's, that's yeah. a whole you know, business challenge and marketing challenges to how do we compete with kind of that, the, the lowering of the average order, the lowering of the, of the unit price and, and still build a profitable business. 100%. And as far as the marketing side, like what KPIs and data tracking needs to be in place, you know, for a business to assess investment, investment risks and guard investments with proven impact so they can, you know, stop thinking about marketing as a cost center and more like a revenue driver. Yeah, that's kind of the heart of performance yeah perspective, right? Where you want to be able to track everything. You want to have your analytics in place, you know, Google analytics on your, your website, your, your POS data, using some, some data warehousing to really understand impact of your marketing spend. And, that, and that's where your, your, uh, your financial people really get on board. When you can show them here, we spent X dollars in this channel, this tactic, and it touched this amount of revenue. And that ratio is good. We need to lean into that. We need to spend more money there. Or we, we tested this this new channel and it, it didn't return, so we're going to scale back on that. Um, so so you know, having as much tracking as you can in place to be able to, to say, look here, we, we spent in this channel and it and it returned these dollars. That's that's the heart of performance marketing, and that's the easiest for the, the financial people to really get yeah. behind. Uh, it's, it's a much different challenge on the, the brand side when you're trying to build awareness. You're 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 marketing products that are sold in in third party stores where you it's much more difficult. You don't have that direct tracking. Um, you know, linkage. There's things you can do with with brand awareness um, surveys and, and so forth, and, and some trying to piece together, you know, dollars through your wholesale channel. But it's it's much more difficult, a lot more, a lot more gray area on that side, and, and that's where you really have to be on the same page because you're you're not going to be able to support that, that with as much data as the financial people typically like. Um, but if they understand, okay, brand building is still a a great concept and, and it's a, it's a yeah. way kind of a critical way to, to, to build businesses and it's different than performance marketing and understanding kind of the balance between those. Um, that, that's where, you know, being on the same page and having that communication will, will help support the, the, the brand investments during those tough times. hundred percent. I mean, you really have to track everything that you're doing. If, it, if you can't track the sales, I mean, it, you know, CFO is going to cut it pretty quickly. I mean, how do you deal with the, uh, you know, billboards, you can't really track that. How do you deal with, you know, pitching that to a CFO when the, you can't really track the results from that? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> billboards in particular are, are, are tough, um, you know, and a kind of a, 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 a big, you know, above the line branding campaign in particular is very difficult. You have to think in really big picture, big, um, you know, we're gonna spend big and, and then we're gonna affect a, a large audience and we're gonna see pull through through our own dispensaries plus third party dispensaries and so forth. Uh, so that's that one is is much harder to support where you have to be aligned and, and um, understanding. Okay, we're that's an instance where you have more of a fixed budget. Okay, we're we're going to spend X dollars during this this time period, um, and and you know you need to make sure they understand the difference between that. Okay, for this branding campaign, we're going to spend X dollars, and and it's kind of fixed. We're gonna we're gonna go out and do it. On yeah. the performance side, we're gonna we're gonna build kind of budget similar. Okay, we think we're gonna spend X dollars and, and drive X percent of revenue. But this part of the budget needs to be flexible. We need to yeah. be able to run with it. You know, if we see something that, that we can really scale and go after, let's let's do it. Let's let's make sure we have that flexibility to to go above budget in in some cases. Um, 
or the conversation would be, well, that's great, but we need to take money out of this other budget. And you, you can talk through those, but also understanding that, look, we thought we were going to spend, you know, X million dollars in this channel and it's not paying off. We're not seeing the return. So we're going to scale that back and we're going to try and find some new, new avenues. Yeah. I'd say one of the, the best um, kind of examples of that situation was, um, you know, when I was spent several years with Fanatics, the, the sports apparel retail. Mm-hmm. And um, we had these weekly market meetings where the marketing department was, was reviewing performance and, and opportunities and so forth. And, and the best thing there was we had the CFO actually sat in on those, those meetings. Wow. And the, all the market people were talking through what they're doing, what their top line was, their, their bottom line contribution margin was. And we would have those open discussions. Someone would find a, an opportunity say, hey, we've, there's a new social experiment that we're doing and it's really paying off. We'd, we'd like to lean into that. Yeah. And the CFO is there. We could say, look, here, this is an opportunity. Uh, this is not money that we had in the budget, but it's got a great return. Um, can we get some money to go into that? And there would be times where the CFO would say, um, you know, we got a tight month. Let's be careful. Let's let's not do that now. Let's let's put that off and, and talk about that next month. Or there'd be other situations where they'd say, look, our bottom line is looking really good. Yeah, let's go. That's let's chase share. Let's chase chase revenue. And just being able to have those conversations. She she understood what was happening and how we were thinking about the business and investments and, and was on board that, that we were making sound decisions. And, you know, it, some of the time it was great. Yeah. Go forward. Let's, let's, let's do that. Other times it was, you know, the timing's not right. We're, we're struggling on, with the colorful other parts of the business. So let's, let's be conservative here. And just being able to have that conversation and change um, gears in a, in a dynamic kind of real time fashion. That's, that's where you, you want to be. And, and, yeah. and having a tight relationship and participation from the financial people just makes that stuff work so much better. Yeah, that communication is key, and then you know the ability to to reallocate the budgets where you see fit to maximize revenue. Right? I mean, that's in the end, that's the end goal. And being uh, able to talk about you talk about performance. Yeah, we're spending yeah. money, and here's where it's nobody's guessing. It's, it's you don't have the financial people sitting in their office, and where's all this marketing spend going? What's it is it, is it producing? You know, being able to 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 share that, to talk through it together. Is that really helps everybody get on the same page and and uh, and moving forward in the same direction. Hundred percent. And what percentage of gross revenue should be allocated to a marketing budget? Do you have a range? That that's a tough <clears throat> tough call. Um, you know, it, it, historically in a, in a in a retail business, as you're scaling up, ramping up, you you could go ten to twenty percent of revenue spent on, on trying to grow. Right. Yeah. In a mature business, you know, that's that comes down. You know, it can five to 12% of, of total revenue, depends on how competitive your environment is and, and how, how discount heavy it is. I found in, in cannabis companies, it's, um, it's very challenging there, particularly yeah. with people who were in the business, you know, three, four or five years ago, yeah. and you didn't need marketing. You just stock the shelves, open the store and the line forms and stuff flies off the shelf, right? There's, there's still a lot of people in the business that, that think you don't need marketing. You, people are going to mm-hmm. buy are, are going to find you. And um, so when you've got that, those people that you're working with, it's, it's much harder. You know, I see a lot of cannabis companies are working with less than 5% of, of revenue as their, wow. their, their marketing budget. And so that limits a lot of, you know, kind of those, that brand building opportunity that you have. So yeah. like understanding, you know, you're the perspective of the CEO, the board, the, the financial team, and, and what they think are the, the numbers there and being able to talk through those and understand, okay, if we have Five percent versus ten percent. What would we do differently? How would we do we be doing different things? And, and kind of coming coming to agreement, aligning on on what that should be. And I think the most important thing is building that flexibility. In is that it's yeah. not a hot number. Um, if you can talk about ratios and percentage of, of of revenue ongoing, so that if you're if you're blowing the top number off the revenue, you should have more money to spend on marketing and and exactly 
result driving the bottom line, which in, in that case, everybody wins. And, and that's, that's how you want to be aligned. 100%. Yeah. The, uh, yeah, I remember working with different campaigns and, you know, the, the ad spend was really the, the thing that we, we would look at. So if they had a, let's say they had a $50,000 monthly budget, you know, we could put together based on return on ad spends that we know from, let's say paid search, SEO, programmatic, uh, SMS, email, et cetera. So we would know the return on ad spends on them. So we can actually forecast what the revenue would be based on those ranges. Right. Um, so they could, you can create different scenarios or like, Hey, if you really want to do a, a brand awareness first play, this is what you would do. This will be your return on ad spend. Uh, if you want to do a performance base and you're really just trying to drive revenue, here's the, here's the type of campaign that we recommend. And if you increase your budget from 50,000 to hundred thousand, this is the increase in revenue that you can expect. And that was the, the case that I've made and, and, you know, and a lot of proposals to, to get people to increase their, their marketing spend is, you know, forecasting and, you know, putting together accurate forecasts that's, you know, and hitting those forecasts more importantly, right? <laughs> that's, that's the, that's the ideal is when you can, you can accurately forecast. That's easier said than done. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> In this industry, especially. <laughs> the other part of that is I always suggest people build a, a testing um, bucket into their budget. You know, 10, 10%, you got a million dollar budget, you know, earmark $100,000 to, to test things that you don't know, that you need to figure out what is the ROI and, and keep an open mind. You know, I mean, your team at Metagel has brought a lot of new good ideas to me over the, over the years, you know, things that either I hadn't thought about or things that I, I would have just dismissed that, you know what, I don't, I don't think it's a big opportunity, uh, but you guys were, were confident in it and we were able to, to set aside some money. Let's test it. Okay. Let's, uh, yeah. let's find a way to set up a test and, and figure out if it, if it makes sense. And then if it does, let's make it part of the, 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 the go forward plan and, and budget appropriately. But uh, there's, there's so many, so many new things happening, good ideas, um, you know, things that are, you know, available to traditional marketers, digital marketers that are not available to cannabis yet that are kind of slowly coming on board. Yeah. Um, you know, they behave a little bit differently in every product category. So being able to, to, to figure, okay, this worked great in shoes or apparel or, or housewares and so forth. You know, you got to figure out, does that work in cannabis? It's, it's a different business uh, from, from a lot of different perspectives. Um, so bring this, bring, bring in those good ideas. Let's find a way to test them, test as many as we can. And, uh, you know, hopefully we, we uh, call out the, the winners and losers pretty quickly and, and continue to, to, to build a flexible plan going forward. Yeah, I know that uh, running ads on Bing was one that I didn't really expect to work, and hey, it did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I thought Bing was dead at one point, and uh, so did I. <laughs> it, it's finding its own its own little niche. Uh, you know, Google's yeah. super dominant, but there's there's some neat opportunities there that uh, you know, people will, can quickly dismiss. But uh, if you take the time and, and and test it, you can put some data behind that, and, and yeah. whether or not it's part of your plan or not, it all, it all depends. But uh, I like to be open minded and and you know, try those things when the opportunities uh, come up. Yeah, as digital marketers, we we have a direct influence on you know, consumer decisions and purchasing behaviors. You know, what is a must-have mix of short-term and long-term investments that every cannabis business should include? Um, yeah. In short-term, you need to be kind of in, in the purchase funnel. Uh, be yeah. where people are shopping where they're looking for products um which you know predominantly is google right uh, yeah. that's the consumer behavior you're looking for a product you go to google and you search for it yeah. so 
Google's got so many components. I mean, that's it's easy to say, yeah, just Google, but you've got SEO, you got paid search, you got business listings. Sometimes hopefully we'll be able to do product listings. There's different components there. But, uh, you know, that's real kind of uh, bottom funnel, middle funnel opportunity where people are in market, they're shopping, they're looking for stuff and you want to try and win that customer as opposed to your, your competitors. So those are definite, uh, you need to have those in uh, as, as long-term, but particularly short-term, you don't want to turn those things off. That's, that's where you can kind of get off the rails pretty quickly. So definitely those, the bottom funnel are, are, are critical. The, the, the longer term, you know, social uh, today, you know, without being able to do paid social and cannabis, yeah. where we put some of those kind of click through metrics and tracking metrics in there. It's, it's all very kind of nebulous. So that's a, that's a long-term, you know, you want to build your brand. You want to build your reputation. You want to be in front of people who are on social, okay. We want to be in front of, of those, those customers. Um, you don't have the direct kind of tracking metrics, revenue metrics that you'd like to. But um, again, we think that's a, that's a good long-term uh, opportunity. And the same thing with, you know, event marketing, you know, traditional above line uh, marketing, that, that stuff is more long-term. Okay. We're building recognition. We're building a brand. We're building a, a personality. Uh, so, so those are, those are more long-term. You got to think about those differently. You got to make sure you're on the same page with kind of the risk profile with your investors and your financial team to understand when, when you should continue to lean into those or when you need to pull back on those. Um, but uh, I mean, if you're CFO is telling you to, to slash Google, you really got to stand up and, and, and show your numbers and, and, uh, and make sure that, that they understand the kind of the impact of, of reducing some of those really kind of critical channels. Yeah. I mean, SEO has been you know, key to, to growing all the retailers that we work with. And I always, I always praise, you know, Google and, you know, I know that they, they own the market, they own the, the search market, right? They have 93% of all searches, I believe in the U S so they, they have a monopoly over searches and people go to Google over any of the other, you know, cannabis marketplaces like a Leafly or Weedmaps or these other platforms. They don't go there, they go to Google. Uh, so really keeping that in mind and, you know, SEO is a long-term investment that compounds over time, right? So you, you build your trust and authority with Google, and over time, uh, you'll reach these different levels as organic traffic. And you know, once you, once you hit these different tiers, you know anything that you create or any content that you put out there will rank. But you do have to; it does take some time to to build that trust and build that authority because Google doesn't want to doesn't want to let anyone be at the top of the search results. They want to provide the best custom user experience for their for people using Google, right? That's their, that's how they grew their business to one of the most valuable companies in the world. So it's, uh, you know, for me, I always prioritize SEO as that's probably gonna be 50% of your online revenue uh, between organic traffic and uh, Google My Business traffic. So um, I'm really bullish on SEO. Um, same thing, you know, really build your customer database, right? So have those opt-ins on your website, whether they're coming through a shopping cart or coming through a form fill, make sure that you're building your customer database, building that first party data, getting them into your loyalty program, into your CRM, and, and uh, then engaging with them through email, SMS, and push notifications, right? Like those are, those are very efficient ways to grow your business. Uh, and then on the brand awareness side, you know, like you said, on the short term, you know, social media is one, you got uh, paid search. If you want to run a, uh, GDN or Google Display Network campaign, programmatic advertising. There's there's a ton of options out there, and it's definitely a mis, misconception that you can't advertise that you can't advertise cannabis online. There's a lot of the tools are becoming available. 
And, you know, it's when I, when I saw the news of the, um, you know, the, uh, they're allowing, you know, radio and TV ads uh, for cannabis. I think that's, you know, we're going in the right direction, but I also think it's, you know, the same, the same of the old school marketing tactics that you can't track. So it's like, if you want to continue to do billboards and, and radio ads and uh, TV ads that you have no idea, you know, the return on ad spend and we're kind of at the same place. So it's, you know, when I, when I look at that, it's, you know, there's, there's a lot of opportunity. I think we're going in the right direction. I, I do not think social media will allow paid ads anytime soon. I think that uh, cannabis will have to be decriminalized before that even happens. Facebook's a public company, you know, it's, <laughs> I don't think they're going to, they're going to, uh, to move anytime soon on that front. So invest in your social media on an organic side, create content, uh, grow your following organically, engage with your customers, but, you know, make sure that you kind of walk that thin line on what's allowed and what's not allowed on social media, especially, right? Right. Yeah, something that, that kind of ties into what you've been talking about is, is there's there's no silver bullet. You need to have a a, a big pie of opportunities. You know, yeah. I have the pie chart every month. Here's where where is my traffic, and my revenue coming from, and I want as many slices and, and balance in that pie as possible. Uh, if you're overly reliant on the endemic directories, the leaf, leafly and weed maps and so forth, you're, you're you're, you're probably in trouble there. You don't want to be overly invested in that. They're, they're, they serve their purpose, so they're they're, they're good. Yeah. You know, be probably need to be part of the mix, but um, you know, you, you got to be have balance. You, you talked about you know the, the the CRM, the email, the text, the the the, the Google, the dis display. You need, you need to have lots of different opportunities because as the market changes, you got to be able to to react and and yeah. Uh, um, yeah, some of these companies choose to to do business, not do business. You know, we, we see. Mm -hmm. Quite frequently, not as, as frequently as it used to be, but you know, social media accounts being turned off. Um, yeah. and, you know, big companies losing, you know, social media accounts for for various reasons. So and they invested millions of dollars sometimes in those accounts. <laughs> that's yes, that's, that's <laughs> frustrating a, outcome. Yeah, right? I mean, I stopped doing social managing social media back in 2017 because that was happening to me back then, and you know, the the founders or you know, our contacts there, they were just pissed off and they didn't want to throw money down the drain. So, you know, what's the alternative SEO? Perfect. <laughs> and Mike, what's your, you know, as far as marketing tactics, which one do you prefer as far as growing market share? I don't know if you have top one or top three. Um, I, I think that's, that's where you gotta have the, you gotta have a bunch. You gotta have multiple pieces to that pie. Um, you know, and, and you got to think about, you know, acquisition retention differently. Um, you know, retention metrics yeah. or retention tactics are different than acquisition in, in, in many cases. And in some cases, it's the same. When you're advertising Google, it's, it's both, right? You're, yeah. you're trying to acquire new customers. You're trying to, to keep the customers you have from going to competitors. Um, so there's, there's a bunch. You, you, you got to have them all. You got to have the, the SEO, the, the paid search. Um, you know, business listings are critical in a, in a retail business. If you're selling product, you're a, a canvas brand. You don't have the, the, the business listings as, as, um, as an important part of your, your mix there. You're, you're, you're into more of the, the, the broader awareness type, uh, type issues. So, um, you gotta be flexible. It depends on the, the company, depends on the, the product you're selling the market. You know, we're, we're still seeing some States that are super competitive with price compression that you've got to do oh, yeah. 
little bit differently than some of the limited license states that uh, that um, you know once you get in you've got a a, a little a, a smaller competitive set kind of a bigger opportunity to win there so it's 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 different there's no like I said there's no silver bullet you gotta you gotta you know, take this this suite of opportunities and and kind of figure out the right balance and mold uh, for any particular yeah. market. You know, as far as a, a marketing budget, if you, you know, had $100,000 uh, per month for, for marketing spend, like, how much would you spend on customer retention, like, you know, including, you know, CRM, maybe running some retargeting campaigns, like how much would you allocate to just nurturing your existing customers and, and really just holding your market share, right? Yeah, it's, uh, it's hard to say, you know, what that balance should be. It depends on, you know, your... Um, your, your growth cycle, are you, you small and you're growing quickly? Um, you know, you've got to acquire. So, so yeah. your retention spending is still going to be there, but in terms of a balance and a percentage, it's going to be smaller. And if you're a mature business and you're, um, you, know, you still want to acquire customers, but you have a good customer base that has a high retention rate, um, you know, th then your kind of your overall mix is going to tend towards that, that retention. Um, so it's all about understanding the underlying metrics. I mean, what is my retention rate? Um, is that a strong retention rate or do I need to invest to improve that rate? I always like it to be better, right? But, uh, you know, at some point you've got a kind of diminishing returns. So, uh, you know, understand what are the metrics and, and what can we do and, and uh, from a retention standpoint, reactivation standpoint that makes sense in terms of the financial ratios and, and metrics. And, um, you know, that's, that's the conversation with your financial department. It's good. We've got an opportunity. We, we need to balance the budget in this um, uh, this aspect, as opposed to acquisition, is typically going to be a higher cost per sale, right? For a, for advertising um, perspective, so let's uh, that's that's going to be a, maybe a higher expense and and kind of balancing that. Um, again, it's hard to it's hard to recommend what that ratio budget should be. It's different for no. different companies, markets, company size, and so forth. Yeah, I'd probably at least do ten percent, like as a benchmark, just to protect your brand. You know, maybe put some money towards protecting your brand searches on, you know, paid search. Yeah. Um, you know, that's a no brainer. You know, there's not too many people that are bidding on competitors, brand names, but just to be safe. Right. Uh, and then, you know, your CRM, like if you have a big database, you definitely should be investing heavily in, in your CRM, whether it's, you know, spring big up on IQ, happy cabbage, some of those you know, CRMs are within the cannabis space, but then also, you know, looking at like Clavio where you can, uh, do abandonment cart automation and there's, there's different tools for, you know, different parts of your business. So it's making sure that yeah, you are taking care of your customers because right now it's, you know, like you said, price compression is, is a real thing and, and every, and people are competitive price shopping. They're looking at the five, 10 dispensaries in their, in their market. And they're looking at all the menus and seeing who has the best deals and, and going where they can, you know, get the best bang for their buck. And that's a real thing in the cannabis space. And it's only going to get you know, worse with a uh, you know, downturn in the economy, uh, get lower disposable income, uh, more cannabis retailers coming, coming in the market. The, depending on which state you're in, you know, potentially a 70% plus or more drop in the price per pound for flour can have an impact on that. So there's a lot of factors that need to, you need to be aware of and you know, is there, there's anything that you should really be considering, Mike, when, you know, making investment pivots during times when, you know, product demand and, and there's a lot of uncertainty in the market, like how, how do you, you know, make those decisions? That, that's where you got to be in sync with your financial. You, you need to build in that flexibility. Okay. Yeah. 
tactics are not working anymore, then we're going to take money out of those tactics. Uh, if there's something yeah. else to move that into that's producing return, we need the flexibility to move money in, into there. Um, but the you got to be, you can't surprise the CFO and say, hey, we switched last month and we spent an extra $200,000 here. That's, <laughs> yeah. It's going to get you in trouble. Um, you know, giving them the heads up, hey, we're seeing an opportunity here. I'm going to test a little bit of money here and we're going to, we're going to slowly kind of move that direction. I'll keep you posted at, at the results and, and uh, you know, how we're progressing there. But just it's, it's all about flexibility and, and being on the same page. Um, yeah, and and you know they your your there's companies you're going to work in where your your financial team is just not going to have that perspective. They're going to say, look, we're we're our we forecast our revenue down. We need to reduce budgets across the board to to keep our ratios intact. Um, and then that's that's just reality. That's going to happen. Uh, various companies at time to time, and you have to be able to understand that and and kind of defend and support the ones that, that really make sense and understand. Okay, if I have to if I have to trim my budget ten percent, you know, twenty percent, and so forth. Where am I going to trim that? That I'm, I'm going to have kind of the least impact on on revenue performance, uh, and it's it's not not easy. Those are those are tough decisions and and uh, tough conversations to have. But uh, it's reality. It's part of business that we that we deal with, and um, yeah. having the, that good communication, be on the same page with the the financial people is critical. Yeah, and as far as the reporting, like how do you create like custom decks or you know custom reporting so that you give access to these marketing metrics to the to the CFO, or do you just create like custom decks and report to them on like a monthly or quarterly basis? Like what what does work for you? Yeah, it, what I found is most of the time I have to push that information to them. Um, okay, them access. Um, you know, I, I like to have, have data available, right? Anybody should be able to yeah. see all data and see the performance, and and you know, you, there's there's critical pieces there that you got to have people looking at the same data you, you, no. you know, too many times in the past you've had different systems and someone's pulling revenue from here and someone's pulling from someplace else and there's a different definition sometimes it includes discounts other times it doesn't and that's that's where you can kind of get into trouble so if you can share your perspective and allow them to see it and and pull data for time frames as they as they see that's that's great um no. What I found is there's some people who like that. For the for the most part, people like to know that it's there. They like to know that they can double check that they need to. But at the same time, for some of those important decisions, it's it's really critical that you you share information with them on a, a somewhat frequent basis. Sometimes weekly, if if you're really kind of in the in the hunt. Um, a lot of times, the comfortable uh, cycle is is a monthly update. Okay, here's here's what we're seeing. Here's changes in performance from last month, and here's what we're we're adjusting for the the upcoming month. Um, so you got to be able to you got to be you know, let them see the data, let them have it if they want it. But uh, at the same time, don't expect that they're going to go get it and have the same perspective as you. You've got to kind of evangelize and, and uh, share and communicate your perspective and, and viewpoints and an outlook for you know, how things may change going forward. And do you present this information differently to the CFO versus the, C the CEO? You know, they, they may be looking at different and even the board, right? <laughs> Yeah, it it, uh, it it depends. Some some people are really into it. Um, I, I like to be able to 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 really sum it up. I think that's a challenge is being able to make it concise. Um, you know, we're as a marketing team, you know, calling through spreadsheets and reports, thousands of rows of, of data, and summarizing and making assumptions and so forth. And then being able to 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 really kind of cut to the chase and, and simplify that and, and and make it simple and digestible. That's that's really key. Um, but then being allowing, you know, you may have some financial analysts that really want to dig in and, and do their own regression on that data and, and giving them the flexibility to do that is, is, uh, it helps build those relationships as well. They're, they're, you're open. They, they can, they can dive into the data and if they come to different conclusions, you can talk about that. 
But um, the, I think the real value is being able to really understand it, um, distill the insights, and then communicate it in kind of active ways that, that you can you can actually make changes and and um, you know uh, look forward with with what you're going to do, what you're going to change, and how you think it might might affect performance. Yeah, as far as like making you know, if you if you're seeing some marketing channels work really well, how do you plead your case, you know, to see a CFO to get more money? And like, how fast do they, do they allow you to do that? Like, yeah, I know you said, you know, set some budget aside that can be flexible, maybe 10% that can go to whatever you see fit. Um, but can you make those changes every month or is that every quarter? Uh, or does it change based on, you know, KPIs? I mean, it's all it's it's uh, complicated. It's it's yeah. understanding what they're trying to achieve and um, you know where they're at. I mean, the financial bill it's, it's it's a tough job. They're they've got they're they're challenged with with putting together a financial model um, that's going to work and that at that at the end of each time period, quarter, year, that uh, you can go to the investor and say, "See what I I told you we were going to do at the beginning of the year, we did it," and and the numbers line up nicely. Um, and it's a it's a kind of an ongoing juggling. Uh, responsibility on there and to, to make sure that that they're kind of meeting those objectives and, and you have to be part of that as, as the marketing team so um, you know if you can help un them understand okay look we, we we doubled down on this marketing activity and it generated that that 20 percent revenue increase we saw last month that's because of of this and the expense ratio was such that it was accretive on the the bottom line the EBITDA line of the the uh, the sheets that they're working with if you can go to them with that, um, you know, there's a lot of lot of uh, opportunity for them to say, yeah, let's 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 continue to work with that. I like what I'm seeing in those those dynamics. Um, so it, it, there's there's you know many times where you'll have that conversation. You'll have other um, conversations where you'll have that, and and you're seeing that you don't have the visibility. There's other challenges in the business. We've got growing costs from suppliers or or uh, you know freight costs and so forth. So. Even though you did a good job, you're, you reduce your marketing budget. Our overall, uh, or your, your marketing contribution percentage, the overall profitability didn't change last month. So, as much as I'd love to spend into that, I've got to watch those ratios because we're coming up at the end of the quarter, and, and I've got to kind of meet the targets that we're, we're working with. So, uh, understanding that then and, and being able to talk through that, and, and not just getting the the harsh no, don't do that. Stick to your budget. You know that that's that's kind of hard pill to swallow. But if you can have that conversation, and 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 it's it's something that you've you've built that, that confidence over time that, that they yeah. kind of, and how you're looking at things and you understand how they are and, and you can talk about things and, and kind of come to a, a, a common resolution is, is what really makes teams work and, and companies work going forward. So um, yeah, it's, it's being, it's being flexible, understanding other points of view and, and coming to uh, yeah. uh, realistic outcomes is important. Yeah. I just got to make sure you, you, you do anything in your power. You can, you know, to really align with, with the CFO and the CEO and, you know, your team, you have the same goal in mind, right? So the goal is to grow revenue, the goal is to whether expand, expand locations, to grow the, the presence or, and of a brand in a certain state, whether you're, if you're vertically integrated or not. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of factors that come into play and you just... Understanding the, the, the goals, what are the financial goals? I mean, there's still a lot of companies out there that are not concerned with the profitability. They're trying to build market share, right? So they just want to grow revenue. Um, and that's a whole different approach um, and, and conversation than a company that is really trying to watch profitability and, and grow profitability at an incremental kind of predictive um, rate. And, uh, you know, those are, those are different perspectives. One isn't better than another. They fit in different 
situations, scenarios, um, and just understanding, you know, as a marketer, how you fit into that. What is, what is the the perspective, and and how are they looking at things, and how can we we get on that same page and make sure that that uh, you know I'm not trying to protect profitability, and they're just trying to grow a top line, or or vice versa. Um, that's that's where you can have some of those conflicts. Yeah, exactly. Make the CFO CFO your best friend. <laughs> Can you tell us a, a favorite campaign that you executed on that was tied to a financial metric that you knocked out of the park? Um, I don't know a particular campaign per se, but um, you know, just when I got started in this business, the the the, the company I was working for was um, you know had some of that history where you know, there was not importance put on marketing, you know, let's, let's stock the shelves high and, and, you know, people are going to show up and we're going to sell product. We don't need to, to spend on advertising and marketing. Um, and so we started very conservatively. There's some understanding was, okay, yeah, we need to, we need to build a customer list and we need to communicate with them, um, you know, keep those customers coming back in after they've come. Um, but we had a very restrictive budget. It took a long time to kind of build those financial relationships and, and understanding forward. So initially we were very restricted on the, the money and we, we were not using kind of performance marketing, flexible budging tactics. Uh, we had X number of dollars and I had to, I had to build a fixed budget. Okay, I'm going to spend, you know, this number of dollars on Google each month. And what I was able to do is work with, with your team at, at media gel and, and the analytics that data we had to show that we were under investing and that we, we could, we could change the top line revenue if we could spend more on that channel. And the ratios were, were great. We were making a good return on, on ad spend. We were going to go that top line. Um, and so after you know, showing them that kind of the, the aha, we realized, okay, we actually, there's, we need to think about marketing differently. There's an opportunity here. And um, you know, initially it was like, okay, it's, let's, let's add a few more dollars. Let's, let's, let's double that budget and see how it goes. And we were able to come back the next month and say, Okay, we did that. The ratio stayed the same. There's a bigger opportunity, and and finally got to that point where we had really complete flexibility there. If there was, um, you know, if it was working, we continue to go on a on a you know, daily, weekly basis, make changes to that uh, the, the dollars we were putting into that channel in particular. Uh, you know, within within limits. You know, there was there was a, a, you know at least a monthly conversations. Oftentimes, more often than that, hey, we're we're increasing this. We're up to X dollars. Just a heads up. Here's we're still meeting the metrics. Last thing you want to do is come back with that surprise. Say we spent an extra two hundred thousand dollars during this this time period. So um, you know that was you know it was Google AdWords. It took us a long time to kind of get get our feet underneath and, and kind of establish those relationships and benchmarks. And and uh, you know once we did, we were able to really kind of build that flexible budget and, and really take advantage of some of those Google opportunities that were out there. So, yeah. Hey uh, Guillermo, I think you're on mute. I can't hear you. All right. Uh, this actually takes me back to my hometown. Uh, my high school is actually a Piner High School. Shout out to everyone from, from Piner. Uh, but our mascot was a prospector. Since we grew up in the, the Gold Rush area, you know, area, we're in Northern California. Uh, when I think of myself as a marketer, I'm like, I, I picture myself as a prospector and I'm looking for gold in different areas, right? So as a marketer, we're trying these different channels and maybe we'll hit the jackpot and we'll get a return on ad spend that's 10, 20, $50. Uh, and we'll try to get, as, we'll try to dig for as much gold as possible in that, in that area. Uh, but then we'll, it'll, it'll run out and then we'll have to look, you know, go dig into another spot. But that's how I think about marketing is, especially in cannabis. Uh, just think of it holistically and just looking for the different ways that you can, different places that you can grab revenue and, and just, 
reminds me of the prospectors and just digging for gold. <laughs> yeah, you know, try new spots, right? You have to, you have to yeah. dig a new hole and, and see what's in there and, you know, manage your, manage your investment. You don't want to dig too deep, right? If, if, if yeah. you're, not, you're not finding gold, you need to move to a different spot. Um, but if you do find gold, you know, you need, you need to be able to, you know, get the backhoe in there and, and, and dig deep and, you know, really go after it. Yeah, 100%. Uh, so I'll take a little pause, but we've got about 15 minutes here left on the session. If there's anyone in the audience that would like to ask a question, feel free to, you know, post that question in the Q&A or in the chat below. You know, me and Mike would be happy to, to answer your questions. And let me take a quick break here and just double check on social to see if uh, anyone has any questions there as well. So feel free to, um, to ask away. Mm -hmm. I, I get a question, Guillermo. You know, I mean, yes, go ahead. Companies got all the different clients. I mean, how many? Or I don't think you can sum up a percentage. Are 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 your marketing customers thinking this way, thinking as investors and and um, you know building those relationships with the financial firms, or is there still some some siloed nature to what you're seeing out there in the market? Uh. I'm saying the top spend, like people who invest fifty, hundred thousand dollars a month or more, they have more intimate relationships with the CFO. It seems like and they have more flexible budgets. Uh, so I would assume that they, they're just more intimate with with their communication with the C level executive, CEO, CFO, and board members. Uh, you know, then I'm also seeing. You know, people that uh, may be a little inexperienced and they're not sure how to communicate the results to, you know, that CFO. So if that's the case, you know, their budgets are being cut or they just they just don't know how to efficiently communicate those results to people, how to, whether it's a weekly basis, uh, reading, yeah, I guess, uh, just learning from the CFO and what they expect and how they want to just digest that data, how often they they presented with that data, what does it mean? Yep. Uh, you you can't use marketing terms with a CFO, so <laughs> making sure like, return on ad spend, like okay, well you can't use abbreviations or anything. You just say investment revenue, and just keep things simple for them. So it's yeah, it, it ranges. Um, yeah. I, I, it just depends on the technical aptitude of the marketer and the CMO. Uh, you know, some, you know, a lot, in a lot of cases, you know, it's not the, it's not the retailer's fault, but they're hiring bud tenders as their marketers. Right. So, you know, how can you expect a, a bud tender with little to no marketing knowledge to be able to present this to a CFO? Doesn't make any sense. <laughs> That's a great point. I, I, that's that's how I see it as well. Is, is you've got a lot of companies that um, you know. There's there's people that are passionate about this business, right? There's yeah. they maybe go through the budget experience. They know the plant. They know the products. Yeah. Um, and they just don't have a lot of kind of business acumen, you know, professional marketing knowledge, and know how to kind of communicate that. And, and those are, I think, the people who are struggling to get, you know, additional dollars and and, and to build a budget. Whereas the 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 companies that are a little bit more professional, they they you know, they may be bringing in marketing people from other uh, categories that have expertise and have done this at other places and kind of know the ropes and how to how to communicate. Those are the ones that are being more 
more professional, more aggressive and, and, and kind of taking this more investor based uh, approach. So I think a lot of it has to do with just kind of the maturity of the, of the market and the kind of the, the experience level of the people that are in these roles at this point is uh, is that's it, going to uh, improve over time. You know, it's 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 right for professionalization. Yeah. And on my side, you know, I've I always want to provide value. I always want to uh, ensure the success of our advertisers that we're working with and, you know, Sometimes they think we're just, hey, we're just, these guys are just trying to get more money out of us. That's not the case. We're trying to actually make you more money. <laughs> and if we're, we're making more money at the same time, like it's a win-win for everyone, but it's not, you know, there, there's certain levers that you can pull that we know that work. And there's a reason that we're recommending these to you. It's, we're doing our research, you know, whether it's a new channel, whether it's your underspending on the channel, uh, whether it's the yeah, competition is dropping off or if there's some, some market factors that come into play, whether there's some opportunities for you to, to, to capture market shares, to be aware of that and to, to act fast. And, you know, I, I just don't see people pivoting that fast with these campaigns. Like working with you is every month we're, we're making changes. We're throttling this campaign. We're, you know, reducing this spend, but, that's not the case with too many, you know, CMOs or you know, VP of marketing that any of these MSOs. Like it's, uh, it's kind of you get this budget for the quarter and and that's it, <laughs> and don't talk to us. <laughs> yeah. The other challenge I think is in in cannabis, um, you know, companies being able to change their mindset between um, you know uh, retail marketing, which is heavily performance based, versus product and brand marketing, um, and you know, to me, they're, they're quite different. You need to think about them and the, the metric underlying metrics and performance and investment and so forth quite, quite differently. And when you try and blend those two, um, you know, and which you have to do with when you're, you're talking about the consolidated marketing budget, you know, you, they get together, but, um, you know, being able to really sit down with the financial team and, and separate those and say, look, here's, here's how we're addressing the retail side of the business. Here's how we're addressing the product side of the business. And, and uh, that, that really helps with that that communication uh, loop as well as, as uh, you know, the more you can kind of separate it and disaggregate it, um, you know, make sure that the, the pieces are working from a kind of ground up perspective and then be able to, to, to roll it back together to, to get that consolidated view. Uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of, there's, there's some financial gymnastics that you have to be able to, to support, to be able to, to make that happen and understand that. But uh, you know, it's, it's at least if you can have that understanding and think about those differently, you can kind of make some progress along those lines. It's also just, uh, you know, as a marketer, understanding the difference between like traditional marketing channels and then uh, digital marketing channels that you can track and how valuable data really is for you know, really showing your case and showing the results. And, you know, it's hard to it's hard to make the case for some of these tactics that, that have no attribution. And there's no way for, for us to know besides asking, having the bud tenders ask in the store, like, how did you hear about us? But that's pretty much it. All right. So it's. You know, data is data is king. There's a reason that Facebook, Google, you know, even Tesla, right? They're they're a data company too. There's a reason that they're the most valuable companies in the world, and data is more valuable than gas now. So, well, maybe not now, but <laughs> used to be. <laughs> right, it changes. That, that's another thing. You know, it, it it could have been more valuable than gas a year ago, and and the market changed, and the 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 underlying financials has changed, and you have to be able to respond to that. But uh, yeah. Yeah, I think you, you hit on another point there is, you know, being able to bring concepts from other markets, um, yeah. that's that's vitally important. Um, yeah. you know, that, uh, 
Canvas is different, right? It's it's a it's it's got its own challenges and so forth, which which creates unique opportunities. But um, you know, you need to be able to kind of keep your your head up and be able to to, to see other opportunities and other categories that you can bring into cannabis and, and have some success with. Oh, agreed. Agreed. Well, we can wrap it up a little early here today, Mike. Uh, anything that you'd like to cover before we we part ways today? No, I think just to, to sum it up, you know, thinking like an investor as a marketer is 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 very important, and and building that relationship with the financial part of your organization is is critical, and understanding their their tolerance for risk, their perspective on performance versus brand, um, it's going to be different in different companies, and, and making sure that you're you're on the same page, you know, you know how you're investing that money, and and you can communicate to them the results. That's that makes the wheels, you know, spin much more. Um, uh, easily makes the, makes the business grow, makes all those conversations uh, you know much more productive. So uh, building those relationships, thinking like an investor will help. I think every marketing department grow. Yeah, and thinking like an investor and also just problem solver, right? You know, fix these problems, like find the find the gaps in your business, fix the problem, fix the problems, uh, dig for gold and everywhere. <laughs> see, see what works, see what doesn't. Don't be afraid to. To pivot quickly and uh you know you'll be in good shape so well thank you mike for for joining us today and and for sharing with your your insights with everyone with our audience uh, i truly appreciate it and, and really enjoy working with you you know a lot over the last few years yeah absolutely glad to be here Guillermo. It's yeah. good <laughs> well thank you again and, and once again yeah thank you everyone for for logging into the cannabis marketing live podcast where we cover the latest marketing strategies and trends that are most effective in growing your cannabis dispensary, delivery service, or brand. This podcast is sponsored by MediaGel. MediaGel is a leading cannabis marketing platform helping cannabis brands and retailers reach consumers through mainstream media channels like programmatic advertising, SEO, paid search, and beyond. So uh, check us out at uh, MediaGel.com and we'll connect with you next week. Cheers.